Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. We have a large crowd this morning. <laughs> uh, just kind of an honor to stand before you today and deliver what the Lord has placed on my heart. Um, my name is Cece Collins, and I am your teacher for today. And I would like to wish all the mothers today a happy Mother's Day. It is a special day. And also, uh, those that have played a role of a mother, you may not have nutured a child or, or, or bore a child, but all of you have nutured a child in some form or fashion. And so you, have a, you do fall underneath that role of a mother figure. And so I bless you this morning, and, um, and I, I welcome you here. The Lord gave me this message, um, uh, fulfillment, uh, during the, our last seminar, The Presence. And I was, um, you know, as a lot of us are, had been, I'm sure. I, I was just kind of focusing on uh, Katie and Zach and their, their relationship and how God has nurtured it and, and brought it forth uh, for these last many years. And... And also how God has answered the prayers for Pastor and Debbie and Vicki and um, Pastor Larry and, f and bringing a helpmate for their child. You know, and I feel like in a lot of ways we all have played that role in bringing these two kids together all these years because I know I've been praying a lot for the, the two of them, you know, individually. Um, but as time got closer, you know, more corporately together. Um, I had the pleasure and the honor of uh, giving a prophetic word to uh, Katie several sem a few sem seminars ago and I was sitting in this room right here and I you know was we all visiting and everything and there was a, a several people gathered at that door and they were all talking and she was standing there and the Lord gave me a word and I didn't know at that time that I was going to be able to deliver it to her but lo and behold she was on one of my teams uh, to give a prophetic word to and uh, Scott was on a team too and I, he probably remembers this moment and won't tell you what I told her or what the Lord gave me for her, but it was a fulfillment. And so I felt like it was a timely, it was a timely message for this season. Uh, also, you know, we're, we are entering in a season where we're breaking forth into the nations again. We've had a time where we have, you know, been, you know, through the COVID and kind of been standing still and just waiting on God. But we have a very large seminar uh, at the end of this month, uh, starting into uh, the first part of uh, June, to Brazil, entitled Healing of the Nations. And this is also a fulfillment of a prayer that has been prayed, that we've been praying for a very long time for God to open up the nations to us. And then, at the very end of next month, we have our first seminar back to France. I know that y'all have visited, but the official seminar will be and I, that is also a fulfillment of what God has, you know, spoken over our network and the work that, that is going to be done. And, you know, it's been a few years since we've uh, been over there. And God is opening up a travel and much work is going to be needed to be done in, um, in us going forward as a network. So as I was studying these scriptures, the Lord gave me this word. Uh, oftentimes the Lord uh, uses me in just giving me one word. You know, sometimes it's a phrase, but often it's just one word. And so I looked up the word uh, fulfillment, and I really didn't see a lot of scriptures in the Bible that, uh, that I felt like I wanted to deliver today. So we're going to be looking at the word fulfilled. 
and uh, it's our, a Greek word meaning uh, lero, and it means to, re uh, to make repeat, and repeat means to be well filled, to be stuffed, to be plentiful, and to supply. It, all, and, uh, it also means to cram and to level up or to furnish, to satisfy, to execu uh, execute, and to finish, to verify with a, uh, with a prediction, and that's our prophetic gifting. It means to accomplish and to complete, to end something, to expire, to make full, uh, to fully preach, to be perfect, and this is our word teleo, and to supply. So we're going to start um, with scriptures, and we're going to really focus a lot on uh, Jesus this morning. And I, I really got blessed over the lesson that um, um, Dennis taught a couple of weeks ago about the scourging of Jesus. That was, that was powerful. So we're going to be looking at things in a little bit different light today. <clears throat> so we're going to start with the story of the birth of Jesus in, in Matthew uh, 1, 8, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived uh, in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord, uh, spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now this was God's plan to, rede uh, to redeem mankind back to him, sending his son to save us from our sins, and so that we could have a relationship with him. So Jesus patterned the saintly calling. He came to the earth to display the mystery of God through the power of the Spirit. He was our example. He was the first one who fulfilled what God designed for our, for our world as, as a son. The next one I entitled, John uh, Baptized Jesus. So Matthew three thirteen through 17. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and cometh thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it not so, for thus to become us to fulfill all righteousness. And our, the word righteousness is vision, and it uh, refers to his vision. And Jesus came as a servant to fulfill the vision of his father. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. 
And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. <clears throat> Jesus, so our word righteousness is our word diakino, and it means to show or to demonstrate something. And another term that we often refer to is vision. And we gain a vision from the Lord to complete something he has asked us to do. The heavens opened and Jesus saw the pneuma, the spirit of Theos, descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we, we want that to be said of us as well, right? As, as sons. The next part I entitled, he came to fulfill the law. Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. And this is our word, Genemai. And it means to become or come into being or come to pass. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever, whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no, no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was an obedient son that came to fulfill his father's will on this earth. Our vision, our commissioning as a son has to come from the Lord. We don't gain it from ministries or following other people's callings. We gain our vision from time spent at the throne in diversity of tongues. And when we pray, we pray in genos lalia, or genomai, and that's what God desires to be done. We fulfill what our father wants on this earth. We too become we too become obedient sons. And this is our goal, right? Amen. Amen. Jesus is portrayed is my next title in Matthew 26, 52 through 56. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into this place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Think it that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for, to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. But all of this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all of the disciples forsook, it, forsook him, and they fled. You know, the world would like for us to fight our battles with violence. We see a lot of that going on in our society today. <clears throat> Just everywhere you turn, there's, you know, if you're not speaking it, they're doing it. And uh, we just, we don't fight our battles that way, as the world tries to. We have to follow the example from Jesus and trust that God will fight our battles. Jesus was disappointed that the multitudes didn't realize all that he had taught them. And all this was done so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. But we have to be careful about how we portray ourselves and how we represent our Father. 
The next part I entitled, uh, Friend of the Bridegroom. <clears throat> In John three twenty nine. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend, phileo, of the bridegroom, and th this is us, this is what we are, we're the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore fulfilled. So our joy, our kara, our delight, or our gladness, is partnering with God to fulfill his will on earth as a devoted son. We stand it, we stand it, we hestemi, and we hear it, and this is our word, uh, aku, and it means to be endowed with a faculty of hearing, the bridegroom's voice greatly rejoicing that our, our joy, rejoicing, and we greatly rejoice, and that is our joy. We are grateful to be endowed with the faculty of hearing, but how do we receive that? We, we do, as saints and sons, have the privilege of, um, of hearing the voice of the Father. You know, not, we can't say that for a lot of people because they don't have the relationship that we have. And many don't have that privilege. They don't have the privilege of, of, um, of sonship. It's not because they, some of them it's not because they don't want it. It's because a lot of people don't know. Uh, but where does it come from? It comes, time, it comes from time spending, uh, from spending time with the Lord where? In proscuneo, on our face before the Lord in, in prayer and at his throne. Do I have any comments this morning? Cece, I will, I will make one comment. <clears throat> what you just said, um, doesn't make us better than anybody else. No. And you're not implying that. No. But it, but it makes us better than what we were. And um, one of the things that I heard over and over again at the wedding from people who are not part of our fellowship, like the, the band and the venue people, and others that came that were extended you know, friends was the atmosphere of God that was in that place and the love that they felt that they had not felt before. And even people say, I don't even know how to describe this. I've never been around a, a group of people like this. And it really was a gathering of saints in a, in a way that we normally aren't around. I mean, we, we usually, when we gather, it's us before the Lord. Now we brought in for this wedding all these other people and they, people that we knew, people we have business associations with, people that were friends from this point in, in business and that point in business. And they all come in and then they're entering into something that we dwell in. And I, I, I really think we need to take just a step back and see how privileged we are to have heard the voice of the Father and been willing to step into this relationship. And to have his presence is really a, a fullness. But I think sometimes maybe we don't 
we're around it all the time and, and maybe we don't cherish it for the way that we should. Yes. And but it's it was really evident. These things that you just talked about, um, which we all live, um, in this weekend, if we were looking, we saw other people come into that atmosphere and be overwhelmed by it. So, anyway. But you know, Pastor, you're right. It was, it was, a very, it was an opportunity, you know? to shine what the Father is in us. <clears throat> and I made I needed I wanted to make mention of that as well and I kind of got sidetracked, but that was a, a, a lovely event. It was a lovely event. What you know two families put together for these kids. It was a, a different wedding, but it was beautiful <clears throat> and it was very lovely. It was very heartwarming, it was very touching. And I think it was to all of us so special because we have invested a lot in this, you know? We've invested a lot in your family, your family as well, and then God put the two together. And it was like, I mean, it was just, we've all invested. I know, I know so many of you have spoken to their lives and, and been, you know, a part of their life for many, many years in, in, in a different way outside of the network, outside of the church, you know? And so it was just a beautiful event, everything about it. Um, the food was excellent. Um, the music was awesome, very different, and the way it was done, you know, the, the, the words that were spoken over those kids, the songs that were sung, I mean, it was just a beautiful event. And I think that, um, you know, I know it touched everyone that was in attendance, and even more so, the people that aren't connected to us, you know. So I just counted an honor to be able to have been there, and I thank y'all for the invitation uh, from my family. As, as you know, speaking from Kathy and my sister, <coughs> who are not here this morning, but <clears throat> you know, it was it was a, a beautiful event, and I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to be there. And um, you know, we're going to sow into those kids' life, right? You know, they're our next generation, and uh, their their children are going to be the ones that are going to be carrying, you know, along with y'all's, you know, carrying this thing forward, because I know many of us are getting older, you know. And uh, of course, we never will stop working for the Lord. But it was a beautiful event. It was very heartwarming, very touching. And um, it was a powerful, powerful presence of the Lord there and a powerful experience to have witnessed it. So I'm just very grateful. <clears throat> very thankful to the Lord of what he's doing in and through each one of us, you know, in such a special way. Um, and God's doing, you know, things throughout our families, too, that we may not all know and, and realize and witness. And I got a chance to see Hannah that I hadn't seen in a long time. Oh, she's a beautiful girl. She's gorgeous. And I just felt the spirit of the Lord all over her. I didn't really get a chance to talk to her or spend any time with her. And, and um, Olivia, Olivia looked gorgeous. I mean, God is just doing all you girls were so dressed beautiful and beautiful. God is doing an amazing things in our life, you know, and in our children. He's, he's, he's fulfilling those things that we've stood for for so long. And he's not finished, you know, and he's going to continue to do that. He's doing some very special things in my life, too, with my family. I just had a, a brand-new grandbaby born last month. My, my uh, youngest son had his second child. He got married a couple of years ago, and... 
He married a girl that had never been married. She was 36. And um, he knew when he married her that he didn't really want children because he'd already had one. But he knew when he married her that they would, they would have a child, you know. And so she's been, was praying for a long time for God to, you know, birth that seed inside of her. So she had the baby last month. And God's doing amazing things. You know, he's doing amazing things throughout our kids. And, I'm, you know, he's fulfilling our wishes our, and the things that we have asked God for, you know, personally and spiritually. So I'll move forward. The next part I entitled um, Scriptures Fulfilled, and it's in Luke 6, I mean, Luke 4, 16 through 21. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went up into the synagogue, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto him, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Immediately following uh, Jesus being baptized, he came into his hometown, into the, his, into the people, and he preached. And the eyes of all the people were fastened on him. The Father, was given, the Father has given us his pneuma, his spirit, to preach the good news to the nations. He has anointed us to minister to the poor and those that are not walking in their purpose, those that are destitute of the Christian virtues and the eternal riches. And this is our calling, is to welcome His Spirit into the places that He sends us. The next part I entitled, Jesus Fulfilled. And this is in Acts 3, 13 through 18. The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob and the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus whom he delivered up and he denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One in the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith, and this is our word pistis, in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is in him that hath given him this perfect, and this is our word telio, soundness in the presence of, all, of you all. And now, brethren, I wrought that through ignorance, and this is not knowing the truth, ignoramo, you did it, as you did also your rulers. For those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all the prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. In verse 1 through 9, um, that's not on this passage here, Peter had just healed a lame man in the temple. When the lame man starts leaping, and people recognized him and, and realized what had happened. <clears throat> they mobbed Peter and John, 
And Peter explained that the power that healed this man did not come from them, but from Jesus. The man was healed by faith in the name of Jesus, who God raised and glorified. Jesus fulfilled all that he was sent to do on this earth as an obedient son. He accomplished every task that was given to him by the strength of his father. There is no task that the father hasn't given to us that we can't accomplish. <clears throat> when um, I realized that this um, weekend was the wedding <laughs> and also the weekend that it was my time to teach because I, I have a following to a pattern. Every three months, I do the second, the first month, I do the second, um, the second Sunday. So it was, it was set in stone, right, Tammy? Yes. <laughs> and I will have to say, I tried to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> you may not have realized that, but I did. Anyway, I mean, it's a high calling to stand before all of y'all. You know, we got a lot of the network here today. And I've done this several times, and it's no, not my first rodeo. But I asked Timmy, I said, I said, there's going to be a lot of network people there. You sure you don't want someone, someone to teach that Sunday? And she says, oh, no, we're not going to get out of the progression. We're going to stay on target and focus. And I told her then, what did I tell you? I said, well, okay, God has given me a word. He gave me a word this seminar, and I will deliver it. And so here I am. But I t it is a high calling to stand before all y'all educated, well-seasoned Christians and but you know what? When you have a word from God, true. when you have a word from God, when God has given you a word and you know without a doubt that that word has come from him, then it's easy to deliver, you know? And you just have to psych yourself up and not get nervous. I know Tammy says, you never look nervous. I said, well, I won't allow myself to get that way. I talk sternly to myself. You're not going to get nervous. <laughs> but I will say that. I work for the school system, and I've been um, uh, in, in, um, in education for 30 years. I just, I'm completing my 30th year with the district. And so I'm a teacher's aide, I'm an assistant, but there's many times that I'm called to, you know, teach the kids or, you know, stand up in a group of people and deliver what the, the lesson is or anything. So I have a little bit of experience, but it's nothing like teaching the Word of God. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's nothing, and especially in a Nematocos way, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's a totally different, you know. The atmosphere is, is totally different, and, and the expectation is different. <laughs> it's a high calling, and there's a lot expected. And I just, and I know you have my back. <laughs> we already spoke this morning. <laughs> but anyway, I do, I do count it an honor. I, I do, you know. When I uh, committed myself to the Father many, many years ago, I, I told him that whatever he wanted me to do, you know, that I would, I would do it. That he would give me the boldness and he would give me the strength and the wisdom and the understanding to accomplish what he's called me to do. And um, we have a large seminar coming up in Brazil. And um, I'm going. And I have my ticket, and everything is ready. The only thing I'm waiting for is my passport. 
but I know God's going to bring it in. I know he's going to do it. I, I did kind of drag my feet in getting it. I felt, you know, impressed several years ago, and I talked to Monica about it, <clears throat> about getting it. But I just didn't invest the money, you know, as many of us do. We just put things off. And, and as Pastor was talking about the seminar, you know, I felt the time I listened to the message at home, I thought, I really want to go. I want to break forth into the nations. But I didn't get my passport until after seminar. But I expedited it, and I believe it's going to come. You know, I've called, and, I'm, and if it's not here, I'm hoping to be able to make an appointment to get what, the document that I need. Tickets paid for, uh, the room is, everything's ready, and I know God's not going to break my heart. Amen. You know, because I want to break forth into the nations with you all. Amen. It's a special time that we're going into. And I can remember when Monica didn't get to go on her trip to France because she got sick before she left. Her heart was broken. And I, and I feel that for her, and I know. But, you know, I know God's going to answer my prayer. You know, he, 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 he spoke to me at seminar, and he said, you are a son, and you are commissioned. Go forward in him, and don't let anything stop you. And so, therefore, that's what I'm going to do. God is going to make a way. I know he is. Um, because it's our calling, and we want that, right? My next uh, 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 title is My Time Not Yet Come. So John 7, 16-9. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always, always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up into this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. And this is our word plural. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. Jesus' disciples wanted him to go, into, um, go to uh, Judea instead. And he told them that his time had not yet come. Jesus recognized there was timing for everything. He was not received by the world because he reproved them of their sins. People didn't want to be told that they were doing things that are wrong. And we live in the same world today. People don't want to be corrected of their faults. They don't want to be reminded they're not doing the right thing. I mean, it's just all... Everything's off the table nowadays. I mean, it just doesn't matter what you want to do or you want to say. You know, um, it's, you know people are out there and they speak it. And, you know, we, we struggle with correcting people's faults. Or not correcting, because we're not... You know, we're not parents, and they're not our child, but redirecting people's um, choices, you know, in our families, in our workplace. Um, workplace is really hard, um, because if you're not tolerant of people's behavior, then, you know, then there's something wrong with you. You know, I encountered that a couple of years ago when we were going through COVID. Uh, the department that I work for is, um, has um, a group of kids that live in, in, a, in a facility. And so because they were state, they wouldn't let them off the facility. They were locked down. So <clears throat> the teachers taught virtually, but me being an assistant, I, I wasn't needed. 
And so therefore, I was put on the main campus. I was put uh, at the high school. And I know I've testified of that before. That, um, I mean, it was eye-opening to see the way kids act today. I mean, it's like, it's pathetic. It's just really terrible. I mean, they just say whatever they want to say. They do whatever they want to do. I mean, there's just no, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you're not tolerant, you know, I have, I, mean, I was called into the office um, because I tried to witness to, you know, one of the young girls that, you know, she, she decided that she was uh, gay and, you know, she's telling, telling the whole class all about her, her partnership. Well, you know, I tried to squash it and, you know, we're not going to talk about that. You know, this is private things. You know, you do things, you know, amongst your, your, your um, friends that you don't share to everyone. And so I wasn't tolerant of her behavior. And so, I mean, you know, we're, we're corrected in, in, in many avenues in our life because we're not politically correct. But, you know, Jesus faced the same thing. I mean, it was just kind of in a different way. But um, it's the same thing as uh, today as it is, you know. It's always been that way, you know. But our world is really in bad shape right now. And we can all agree to that. <clears throat> the next part I entitled, No Condemnation. In Romans 8, 1 through 5. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in uh, Jesus Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ have made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law cannot do in that it was weak, and that's our word, astinea, not having proper form, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the Spirit, but not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. There is no condemnation for, for uh, us who walk in Jesus Christ. You know, the things that we have walked in, and things that we've done in our life, when we gave our heart to the Lord, that was all forgotten. You know, we're a brand new creature in, in Christ. When we walk in the Spirit, in the pneuma, we are free from sin and death. Jesus paid it all on the cross so we could be free. And we have, we have to walk in that freedom and in that boldness, in that confidence in the Father. Next, uh, I entitled this Grace Given, and it's uh, Romans 15, 13 through 21. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nonetheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, <clears throat> that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore thereof, I have therefore thereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things that uh, Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through mighty works, signs, and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, 
So that from um, Jerusalem and round about unto Acrinium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have stir, strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build uh, upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. So our word joy <coughs> is our word karma, and it means uh, comes from fulfilling the Father's will. Peace is the word irene, and it means acceptance of the will of God. And hope is elpis, it means to anticipate with pleasure and confidence what the Father wants. So these are all given to us by the pneuma, by the, by the power, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit, by the pneuma of the Holy Spirit. And peace is, we know, we've, we've talked, peace is accomplishing a victory, going out and coming back victoriously. So we just thank our Father for the opportunity to, 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 do, it, to do that work that he has called us to do. Do I have any comments? I was just thinking about, uh, you were talking about being a teacher and being in the school and just our society and all. And I was looking up what, uh, you know, what Jesus said about the people, you know, this day. And he called them faithless, perverse, evil, <laughs> adulterous, sinful, and a generation of vipers. And the word vipers means that they are cunning, malignant, and wicked men. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's you know, like I said, it hasn't really changed. That's still our society today. But then I thought about um, Pastor's comment, you know, about all the people that were at the wedding and how they were making these comments about that they've never <coughs> seen, you know, or experienced or been in a, in a, in a, a unity of believers like that. And that's our opportunity. You know, so it is a challenging place to be. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's yeah. so dark. And so it's just like Jesus said, it's so wicked and so evil and just, you know, full of malice and hate. But that really is our opportunity. And, you know, we can complain about it and moan about it and talk about it, or we can get out there and do it. That's great. Yes. That's right. You know, we can we can talk about it, we can complain about it, but we have to just get out and do it. <clears throat> My I entitled this next part um, exceedingly joyful. And it's in Second uh, Corinthians seven one through four. It says, "Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Receive us; we have uh, receive us; we have wronged no man, we have corrupted no man, we have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that ye are." in our hearts to die and to and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. And this is our, our pericoleo. I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulations. And this is what we have to realize, 
that we have to be that we have to be exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulations. The promises of God are strong reasons for us to follow after holiness. We must strive to be cleansed from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. There shall be no place in the, that should be no place in the life of a saint. Things can enter into us very subtle, suddenly. We have to guard over our life and not allow our flesh to become weak. And this is our word, astoneo, not having proper form. And as Les spoke, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a daunting task, but it's one that Jesus accomplished, and so therefore we can. You know, we just have to, we have to be led of the Spirit, led of the pneuma. The ne next part I entitled, Obedience Fulfilled. It's in 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. It says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base, and this is, means truly among you, but being absent, and that means confident, towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of it as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Paul is instructing us uh, how to walk in the pneuma, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty through the pulling down of, of strongholds in our life. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight on our knees in the spirit. This is a spiritual battle we face. It's not a carnal one. The next part I entitled Law Fulfilled, and it's Galatians 5, 14. For all of the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So we have to be careful how we represent ourselves to the world. People are watching us as we, as an example to Christ, as we are an example to Christ. And there are times that it may even be difficult. You know, I, I shared with you, you know, um, I try to represent Christ in the place that I work, and it's not always received. Um, you know, you do, you know, as all of us, we, we rub noses with the world. <clears throat> and a lot of people that we work with are rub noses with our neighbors or, you know, people, they really feel like they are uh, Christians, you know, in their mind they feel like they serve God, but there's, there's two levels, isn't there? <laughs> one that call themselves and ones that are, and I just always want to be in the category of ones that are, right? That's, that's, our, that's our goal, our devotion for the Father. The next part I entitled, Same Agape, and this is Same Love. It's in Philippians 2, 1 through 3. If, therefore be, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the pneuma, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same agape, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem 
others better than themselves. The next part I entitled, Supply All Your Needs. This is uh, Philippians 4, 15 through 19. Now ye Philippians know also that, in the, that in, uh, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church committed with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And this is, this, you know, the nations, they're not wanting, that what they, you know, it's not money that is going to satisfy their need. It's going to be the spirit. It's going to be the pneuma. But I have all in a, in a bound. I am full, having received from Aphrodite the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And this is our incense, our prayers. And this is what they need. This, they need, they need, uh, they need to be taught and learn and, and, and exposed to the, the pneuma, the spirit of the Lord. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And God will supply all of our needs and everything that we need. And this is our prayer that those that come alongside us will desire the same pneuma, the same fruit that we bear. And that they, uh, that they would stay the course. That they would not, you know, decide to follow another pathway, you know, another calling, another ministry, another, you know, another campaign that comes through their nation and they decide, well, they want to follow that, you know, just something new. We pray that they'll stay the course, that they'll stay on their face before God and that they will follow the pathway of, of, of a son. The next part I entitled Worthy of the Calling, and it's in Second uh, uh, Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. It says, therefore, also we pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling, and this is the worthy of a son, and fulfill all the good, and this is the tobe, pleasure of his goodness, and this is the benefit of, of being a son, and the work of faith with power, and this is uh, dunamis, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is at the right hand of God, interceding that we will fulfill the Father's will. This is what he does. This is what he, he's, uh, his whole thing that he's doing is, is believing that we will be the son that God has called us to, to be. The next part I entitled Friend of God, and it's in James 2, um, 23. It says, And the scriptures were fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. And we are also called the phileo of God, those that seek after to do the Father's will and to, and to follow the, the vision and the pathway uh, that the Father has called us into. Uh, do I have any comments? Anybody want to have anything they want to share this morning? Okay, these next uh, passages I have entitled Complete in Him is <clears throat> uh, Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Says, beware lest any man, any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, 
after the traditions of men, after the rudiment of the world, and not after uh, Christ. And as I have mentioned, we don't follow the pathway of the, of the world. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead boldly, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. And we have to be careful of the things we allow to penetrate into our minds. The world is very crafty, and things can enter into our spirit. And we have to be cleansed. We have to cleanse ourselves from all unrighteousness. And we have to. And we. When do we? How do we do that? We stay in our placement before the Father. That's how. That's how we. We are successful in our. In our journey with the Lord. So this last scripture I'm going to close with, and it's in Colossians 4, 1 through 12. And this scripture, this is a prayer for the saints, for those that walk alongside us. And I thought I'd be a little crafty this morning and in, insert some of the pastors from our network in there, but I'll let you all do that in your own mind. You can easily insert the names of all the pastors of the network that labor alongside us. That God will supply them with all the thing that's, everything that is necessary to fulfill the task that God has given us to do. It says, Master, give unto your servant that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer. And this is our word, prosuke, and this is a relationship. Watch in the same with thanksgiving, and this is our word, Eucharistia, with Christ, with confidence. Praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, for which I am also confident that I walk in. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that without, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, and this is our word, joy and kara. Season with salt, that we may know how to, we ought to answer every man. All my state shall, to Chios, declare unto you, and you can insert a pastor in the network if you want, who I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With oh, oh, these words are hard. Oenimus, oh, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, my fellow uh, prisoner, salute you. And Marcus, sister, sister's son to Barnabas. Verse 11. And Jesus, which is called Justice who are of the circumcision. These only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Ephratus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you always, laboring fervently for you in, in, in prayer, that you may stand perfect. And this is our word, teleos, wanting nothing, having all that we need, and complete. And this is our word, phileo, and all the will of God. <clears throat> You know, God is, has opened up to us an utterance into the nations to speak the mysterion, the mysteries of Christ. And we have to be faithful servants 
to go forward in him. And it's a privilege to be able to go on these, these journeys, these missions before the Lord. But it's also equally a privilege to stay behind and to keep the camp. You know, to, to welcome God's Spirit and to, to pray for those that, are, have been, that have the privilege of being able to go, you know, go on the journeys. So, you know, it's a twofold thing. You go and you stay. Some go, some stay. Some can go again, some can stay. But we all have a work to do for the kingdom. And every one of us have uh, something that God has called us to do, you know, be, uh, before him. And we have to be faithful, and we have to be um, committed, and we have to uh, fulfill what it is the Father has, has called us and asked us to do. So I pray you, ha you were blessed by my message today. I felt it was a timely message just finishing the wedding and going forward into the nations of breaking through. And... Um, so I just bless you. I know each one of us have a task to do for the, for the kingdom. Let us be faithful. Let us not get distracted. Let us stay on our face before God. Let us not be weary of well-doing. And just stay the course. So do I have any comments this morning? Cece, <clears throat> I became a teacher because I love children. Well, now I'm retired. And um, I tutor children, and they come to my home. And last summer, I got a little boy who uh, was going to be going into fifth grade. And the purpose for helping him was he's a second language learner. He speaks Chinese. And I was going to help him with his reading <coughs> and with his writing especially. <coughs> he uh, <coughs> would come to my home. They would drop him off. And I could tell that he was not sure that he really wanted to be there with me. You know, he felt like he know he knew all things, you know, about school, and he didn't really need my help to, you know, to excel. And uh, I just I explained to him in great detail every time he'd come for those first few times why he was there. And um, so about the third time he came, he looked at me, and we were sitting at my kitchen table. I have all my materials on the table, and he looked at me. And he said, "Are you a Christian?" And I said, yes, I am. I said, how do you know I'm a Christian? And he said, well, when I walked into your house the first time, he said, I saw all these scriptures. He knew what, the what word, word to use. And I said, he said, they're everywhere. He said, you have pictures, uh, you know, that would be like in the Bible. He was trying to express it to me his way. You have pictures of God. And he said, in the kitchen, he said, I'm sitting at your table, and every time I look at your kitchen window, there's this beautiful red and white cross. It's stained glass, and it hangs in my kitchen. And I said, well, you're right. I said, do you know what it means to be a Christian? And so we talked about that. Now, I recognize that I have been hired by his parents to help him with reading and writing. That's my job. And they are not Christians. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They are from China. He was born in the United States. He has an older sister. And they're very nice people. They really are. His father's very strict. He's much older than the wife. One time, just recently, I gave him a writing assignment. And I said, would you tell me what you would like to be doing in 10 years? Now, he's 10. So I said, think, again, think ahead. You'll be 20. 
what would you like to be doing when you're 20? And he told me that he wanted to go to college, and you know, we went in, and he was doing this in his writing. At the bottom, at the end, he closed with that uh, he would like to be a Christian. Oh. And uh, I recognize that, you know, he is the, uh, he's got to obey his parents until he graduates from high school. And um, they, they're very fine people, don't get me wrong, but obviously they, they are not on that track. And I told the Lord, I said, oh my gosh, I never thought I would encounter something like this because I'm not really sure sometimes what to say to him. But I know uh, from my <coughs> actions uh, that I'm living out this scripture, you know, it talked about Galatians 5.14, I'll read it. It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, mm -hmm. even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. And I realize that I'm living this out before this little boy who I love dearly and I want to see succeed. And I just have committed him to God because it's got to be in his hands because, um, and he's got to guide me to not say too much, but to say the right thing, mm -hmm. to help him to find God. And uh, that hit me very strongly a few weeks back and uh, it has forever changed me yes. in that respect because, you know, I identified with everything you said today about being a teacher in school and I contended with all and I was most effective doing it one-on-one -on -one with teachers because you couldn't speak to a person. Mm. You know, the peer pressure is too great. You're not, you're not going to, you know, in their eyes, it's like showing weakness. You know, you're showing weakness. But I was most effective one-on-one -on -one with teachers. And um, I feel like I helped a lot of teachers back then. I feel like I helped my students in the classroom, but, uh, I, I think that's what was happening and I didn't realize it. You know, I was fulfilling that scripture. You know, I've um, been in, in this department that I've been in now for 25 years because I started a district in, on, on a regular campus. But when the position, uh, after being in, in the <coughs> district for five years, the position came available and uh, it was at um, working with uh, students from a residential facility. And they're uh, committed to um, displacement because of the things that they've done criminal, you know, court committed. And um, I've never wanted to leave that area because I've always been called to repair the breach, to repair the broken places, you know? And I know that's been my calling. And a lot of it has to do with the fact from what, you know, the choices that I made when I was younger. And when I finally got, when I got saved, I was committed, I, you know, and the, my eyes were open. And, um, and, I, and I've seen that, you know, there is hope yes. for those that struggle with addictions, for those that struggle with, uh, you know, wrong choices that they've made in their life. Mm -hmm. um, it is true. Yes. You can accept Jesus as your Savior and be a brand new creature mm -hmm. in Christ. And so it has always been my desire to, to be able to reform or, you know, restore those that have walked a pathway of, of brokenness. And so, like you, Tammy, you know, I, I, I work with boys. <clears throat> Our campus is full, all boys. And um, you will, uh, you know, encounter those that really want to hear what you have to say and then those that don't care. Mm 
are those that will listen and then do what they want to do. But it's it's an opportunity, and I just I and I thank the Lord that I've had that opportunity uh, to be able to restore the breach, you know, in the place that I work in. Um, I know that it may not all, you may not see the, all the fruits of your labor, but I know my prayer and intercession for those children going forward. Yes. Many of them come out, have, have uh, the reason they're there is because they've come out of really bad homes. You know, they've been taken away from their parents and, and put in, uh, you know, in the court system, you know, and everything. Um, and there is hope, you know. Yes. There is a brand new day. You know, there is a day dawning past their circumstances and their problems. And that's the thing that I want to make, let them know that, you know, you, yes, you are here right now, but you don't have to stay there. You know, move forward, you know, make choices, graduate, get a job, you know. And so, I mean, it's, it's restoring the restoration of people's lives. And I've, I've just been able to have an opportunity to do that for the last 25 years. And, I've, and I'm really grateful. And I'm, I plan to continue on until the Lord says stop. I hope all of y'all been blessed this morning. Um, any more comments? You know, I'll make one. You made the comment about choices, you know, and, and there is always hope, right? And nobody's beyond uh, no. saving. And it was interesting as I was thinking back about the wedding, you know, and, and when, when we were all seated at our tables. Uh, Pastor and Katie, there was, I noticed they, they commented about choices. But it is, you know, it's about those choices that we make, and, and you know, you, you can, you know, you can live an addictive uh, lifestyle, just totally outside of the Lord, and with one choice, you're in. You know, so one breath. Um, it's such. I mean, and that's a gift of grace, right? Yes, it's that's the gift of grace. You know, only Jesus would allow that, right? Um, Nowhere else can you get that. <laughs> right. Nowhere else. So, you can try to work your way in all day, and you're never gonna make it. Just, or buy your you know, way in. That one choice, you know, buy your way in. Um, and because of the grace of Christ, you can move. That's true. <coughs> Thank you. Any other questions? <coughs> one thing came to mind for me in page four. And you were on a roll, so I didn't want. <laughs> Dennis and his humor. <laughs> Come on, give it to us, guy. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians 10, on page 4, verse 6, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And um, this is probably one of those seldom underlined verses. Uh, and what it meant to me is that once you become or return, perhaps, to that position of obedience in the Lord, once you start obeying, rather than disobeying, um, we often forget 